Well, I think we can all agree Julio Rodriguez should be an all-star at this point, but why stop there? Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Mariners listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. It is Tuesday, July 5th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for fan over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it the mariners exploded for 18 hard hit balls off of padres pitching yesterday to the tune of an eight to two when chris flexen goes six and two thirds scoreless but we're going to be talking about julio 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 on today's show. We're also going to be talking about Robbie Ray, who since the last time Colby and I spoke on this show had another magnificent start. And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about trades, particularly in the rotation. But Colby, let's start off by uh, by talking about this Julio guy. He's uh, he's pretty decent at baseball, right? Um, I mean, I think anytime you beat Barry Bonds at something, I think that qualifies as as good at baseball um he's also the first player in major league history to have 15 home runs 15 doubles and 20 stolen bases in his first 80 games so um yeah that's pretty good and oh by the way he's playing a a a plus defensive center field as well on top of all of it so uh Mm -hmm. oh and he's 21 oh and he lost like a year and a half of development time due to various injuries and the uh the COVID shutdown so yeah i'd say it's pretty pretty good um and I mean, it's it's gotten to the point over the last two weeks where it's so good that uh, I'm beginning to question if maybe we're not maybe we're not exactly talking about the right things when it comes to Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. So right now, you know, a lot of the talk is around his uh, All Star status and whether or not he's going to make the all-star team i think it's pretty clear at this point that he is an all-star he's the third most valuable outfielder in uh, the american league by f4 uh, just right behind aaron judge and uh, mike trout a couple of pretty good names to uh, to be in the midst of there um but i believe that you're potentially alluding to some mvp talk if i'm not mistaken here and uh, there are some numbers here that that support it right because you know of course April was incredibly disappointing for him. There's all the strikeouts, and of course, you know, there is all the really bad, you know, called strike threes on him as well. Uh, that that kind of inflated that number on top of everything. But um, you know, since since May first, he's gone sixty-nine, nice, for two thirty-two with fifteen home runs, thirty-seven RBI, twelve doubles, two triples, eleven stolen bases, sixty-one strikeouts, and sixteen walks. So one sixty-two game pace 
is uh, 183 for 616 with 40 home runs, 98 RBI, 32 doubles, 5 triples, 29 stolen bases, 162 strikeouts, 42 walks, and a F4 of 7.4, right? That's that's an MVP candidate. So Yeah, it sure is. <clears throat> do you think his April ends up holding him back here in the end? Uh, possibly. Um, he's, he's about a full win behind, uh, you know, the leaders, uh, by F4 anyways, uh, behind mm. Dabbage. But the thing about Julio is that he is not accelerating at a, uh, linear pace. He's getting better exponentially. Um, and so he's, I think he's gained a full win in the last week, uh, to 10 days, uh, on F4s, mm. uh, F4s metrics. So, uh, like I said, he's not gradually building up here he's accelerating and growing at a rate that is uh going to be difficult to match there's no guarantee that you know by the all-star break he's not top five in, in f4 in the american league and right now he's he's number nine or nine. Uh, you've seen the home run power really just now start. he's hit half of his home runs in the last you know 10 days or so so there really isn't any a limit to what Julio can do. Um, he's got 2020 by the break, uh, which seemed a bit, you know, hyperbolic to, to say is possible just a week ago, but he's five home runs short right now. So he's definitely got that chance. He's playing a plus center field. Uh, he's going to have the narrative. He's going to be the only guy in baseball this year to go 30 30, assuming he stays healthy and he gets there. Um, he's going to be 21. And if the Mariners make the playoffs, he's going to have that narrative pushing him too. The Mariners' playoff drought has been well documented. Um, yeah. It is it has been talked about by national writers for years now. Julio has the buildup, uh, he has the backing, and he's about to have the numbers uh, to really put him in that conversation. So, are the odds likely that he's going to win it? I would say unless the Mariners like make the playoffs, uh, I don't think he has much of a shot. Uh, but he absolutely should be. We should be talking about him getting MVP votes, and mm -hmm. I think. I think he will, uh, especially if he continues at this pace. 30-30, uh, I mean, that that's putting a limit on Julio. I don't want to do that. 40-40 is a very real possibility. Um, and like I said, this is on top of plus defense, and it's on top of the fact that he's 21 years old. And you can really start to build a narrative here that um, if Julio continues to get exponentially better, as he has over the last two weeks, uh, sky's the limit here, and, and – you know, we're we're talking about a guy who not only hits but plays a plus center field. That's that's a very valuable player. And I mean, just look at the home run that he hit yesterday over the warehouse at Petco Park in left field. I've never seen a Mariner ever do that. Like that, the, the, we're in uncharted territory here, folks. Like Julio Rodriguez is a special dude, and the fact that he's 21 years old, and the fact that his numbers look like this despite the month of April that he had, ridiculous. Like this guy is absolutely just playing out of his mind right now. He has been the eighth most valuable player in all of baseball by F4 since May 1st. That's when he hit his first home run down in Miami. And um, he's ahead of guys like Mike Trout, right? Like he's tied with Trey Turner. Like the, the only guys that he is behind uh, since the start of May in F4, Paul Goldschmidt, Dansby Swanson, Raphael Devers, Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, and Alejandro Kirk. Like, we're talking about an elite baseball player who's just 21 years old and is doing stuff that no one has ever done before in baseball history. 
like the literal history of the game. Mm-hmm. Hundred hundred plus years of, of baseball has been played, and no one is doing what Julio Rodriguez has done. Yep. He's got an impressive uh, highlight package too, which does help with voters. Yeah. Um, you know, he's hitting the big home runs. He's he's hitting four hundred thirty-five foot bombs. He's making these diving catches in center field. He's stealing mm-hmm. big bases. He's taking the extra base. Um, he's he's legging out infield singles. He's got this really impressive highlight package that kind of shows how well-rounded of a player he is. I think the only thing missing right now is an outfield assist, and we know that's coming eventually. So mm-hmm. um, it's 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 going to be hard if Julio keeps playing like this for voters to leave Julio off of their MVP ballots. And if Seattle makes this big charge up the wild card standings and sneaks in, there's going to be a lot of people calling him the dark horse, and I think it's going to collect him quite a few votes. Mm-hmm. And now the Mariners are just four games out of a wild card spot, um, and they've won four of their last five, despite being without J.P. Crawford and Jesse Winker during that time. And Julio has more or less helped, you know, carry the Mariners, carry the load here for the Mariners. Uh, another guy that's helped carry the load a little bit here, at least uh, back on uh, Sunday, was Robbie Ray. We're going to be talking about him in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring and each ring will be a one of a kind looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on mariners listeners get fifty dollars off purchases of five hundred dollars or more this podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry as well use promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-d-o-n plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. So, since the last time you and I talked, Colby, uh, Robbie Ray had another start, and he had arguably his best start of the year, maybe. Uh, 12 strikeouts, that's a season high. 27 swings and misses, also a season high for him. And the only blemish on his uh, on his record for for, uh, for the day was a solo home run to Elvis Andrews, which annoyingly ended his day uh, <laughs> before he could finish out the uh, the seventh inning. Um, but it was a great start for Ray, and uh, he just continues to dominate. And yes, you know, opponent quality, blah, 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 whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But let me just read off these numbers to you. Since June 12th, that's the first start that he had uh, that was against the Red Sox, a shutout start against the uh, the Red Sox. Uh, that was his first start since uh, he he refound that uh, or he he reincorporated the sinker, and uh, so since then he's fifth amongst all MLB starters in F four one point one. He's first in innings pitched. He's first in strikeouts. He's first in win probability added. He's tied second in runs allowed with just three, and he's tied tenth in whiff rate. So again, you know opponent quality you know he's he's faced the A's twice he's faced the the Orioles once he faced a an Angels team without Shohei Otani or Jared Walsh all in this stretch but what is it that you're seeing from him right now that suggests this is either sustainable or or not sustainable 
Yeah, well, first, <clears throat> I want to take an opportunity to take a shot at the Angels because why not? Um, we should probably <laughs> stop saying that they're that we should probably stop qualifying race start by saying Otani and, and Walsh aren't in it because even with those guys in the lineup, the Angels are a bad team. So let's get that out of the way right here. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's interesting with Ray. Uh, I was at the game. Uh, he really struggled in the first inning, um, at least from my vantage point, which was directly behind home plate. Um, he, he'd get to two strikes, uh, and he would, he didn't, he didn't exactly put guys away in the, in the first inning. Uh, but then, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm online, I'm looking at it and it appears he got squeezed pretty hard, uh, in the first inning and it probably cost him, I was told between 10 to 15 pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet despite throwing 20, Five, I think it was pitches in the first inning. He basically went seven and he was one strike away from going seven. He only threw 107 pitches. That's not out of the you know, realm of possibility. The slider was great. Uh, you know, the, the sinker, the, he got, he got nine whiffs on the sinker on 16 yeah. swings. The sinker is not traditionally a swing and miss pitch. Um, and then of course he followed it up for good measure with seven. I mean, he was dominant. Um, and I do think it is about that sinker. Um, because you know everything Robbie Ray throws kind of breaks in to uh, to righties, uh, the fastball, the slider, the curveball, they all kind of break into righties. Uh, the the sinker breaks away from righties, uh, and I think Elvis Andrus alluded to this himself. You know, he he said Ray's a lot tougher now because the two seamer he can run it off the outside corner and get you to chase it. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrus, of course, you know one of the few guys who's been able to square up Robbie Ray uh, recently. Uh, and you know the 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 home run he, he hit was a 94 mile an hour fastball that was elevated and in the middle of the plate, uh, just just a bad pitch. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it was race last one of the day. Uh, but I think do think it's that sinker. Not only is he starting to get whiffs with it, which is huge. Uh, it continues to be a high ground ball pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, it's it's just something different. It's something that hitters around the league have to account for now. They know he's going to throw it. Um, and it plays off the slider very, very well. So, I mean, you get 27 whiffs against any lineup. I don't care who it is. That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of been a continuation. We, and we've seen Ray kind of have these bigger strikeout games. He had 10 strikeouts in six innings, I believe. Now he's had 12 and six and two-thirds. But we've also seen him pitch against the Red Sox and only get like three strikeouts, but just get a ton of weak ground balls. Uh, and keep his pitch count in check. So Ray's kind of evolving. He's kind of a, a, a guy who can beat you in multiple ways right now. That makes him very dangerous uh, when you consider he still has the the wicked slider in his back pocket. Yeah, the fact that he's generating so much weak contact now with the sinker, I believe the uh, the A's only had a couple of hard hit balls off of him in this game as well, including the the one from from Andrews. And so the the fact that he's he's able to do that and also has swing and miss stuff. I mean, that's kind of the perfect combination for a starting pitcher, right? Especially in today's game, generating weak contact and, and missing bats. Like, that's everything you could possibly want. So it's no surprise that he's leading the league in all these categories over the last month or so, or the last at least three weeks uh, that he's been pitching. And so, you know, and this is a new version of Robbie Ray. This is kind of how we need to evaluate Robbie Ray now is from you know, mid-June to to now instead of, you know, full season because he just didn't have that pitch. He literally did not use the sinker until June 6th. That was the first time he threw it all season. And so he's a different pitcher than he was when, when the season began and when he was struggling. And so... 
yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, would like to see it against uh, you know better quality uh, you know lineups, of course, and that's naturally going to happen. He's going to be facing his old team here coming up, so that should be uh, pretty interesting. Robbie Ray revenge game. Looking forward to talking about that later on this week. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know we'll, we'll see how it how it applies to uh, you know more dangerous lineups. But this is uh, this is great. This is I mean this is everything that you could possibly ask for from uh, from your five year you know one hundred fifteen million dollar pitcher. Yep. <clears throat> I mean right now he's sporting a lower xera than he had last year in his Cy Young year. Yeah. So. Um, the numbers are basically more or less where you want them to be. Uh, strikeouts are, are down a little bit from his career norm. We know that a lot of that has to do with, with April, uh, and also may, uh, but you look at things like X batting average is right in line. Average exit velocity has actually been down a little bit this year. Um, you know, it, it's more or less uh, walks are elevated slightly, uh, more or less. You look at the expected numbers. Robbie Ray has been about as good as he was last year. Uh, and w- would you say that maybe the the pitcher that he is now, because it's obviously a different product than than what he produced last year, would you say that this is uh, more conducive to success than than what he was last year? I would say it's more sustainable um, because it's multifaceted. Um, look, Ray's always going to be a guy who's going to give up home runs. He's gonna, uh, it's just part of him, so. Uh, I would say it's more sustainable, though, uh, over a, a five-year uh, stretch than, say, you know, striking out 13 guys and only walking two per nine and, and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah. it's definitely sustainable, and, and it, it is what you paid for. It's, he's a number two right now, and, and the way he's pitching, he gives you a shot to beat anybody in the American League. Yeah, and that's awesome, and that's absolutely what you're going to need, especially when you go into series like the one coming up against the Blue Jays. You're going to need Robbie Ray to be at the top of his game. So uh, really looking forward to that. We're going to be talking about him more later on this week. Uh, but let's uh, let's stick with the rotation here and kind of talk, you know, look down the road a little bit here because the trade deadline is coming up soon. We're uh, less than a month away now from the trade deadline. Uh, and uh, the Mariners are going to have to do something with their rotation, whether it's a uh, number two, number three starter, or at least someone that can go in on, on the back end of their rotation. We'll be talking about why in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse has happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket so why choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership for example a honda odyssey fuel pump is 353 dollars from a chain store whereas with rock auto it's only 216 dollars plus rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer so go to rockauto.com right after you're done listening to us and see all the parts available for your car or truck right Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Colby, you uh, you wrote an article yesterday talking about three under the radar trade targets on uh, InsideTheMariners.com, and one of them 
was Blake Snell, who is a member of the team the Mariners are currently playing, the Padres. Uh, but he's having a, another down year uh, by his standards. And, uh, of course, you know he's a Washington native. He might come relatively cheap because he is making money and, you know, uh, the Padres are, are getting close to that uh, tax threshold. So uh, they, they might want to free up some payroll there so they can uh, start making a bit more, you know, bigger moves uh, this season, uh, you know, the, over the next few weeks because they are, you know, in a pretty good spot right now. They're 47 and 35, I believe, uh, second place in the NOS, going for a wild card, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, I, you know, I saw a response or a couple of responses to your article, just like, well, why would you want Blake Snell? We got George Kirby, we got Chris Flex, and we got Marco Gonzalez. And you in the article said, you know, Snell might give you more upside than, than Flex and or Gonzalez. So, I'll ask you about that, but I'll, I I also want to mention here real quick, though, for for those that are listening, that you know another thing that we have to keep in mind here is George Kirby is eventually going to hit an innings cap. It's just going to happen. You know, he's a rookie guy; they want to manage his innings. It 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 happens. This this is the case with any pitcher. I mean, shoot, think about Steven Strasburg. The Nationals were in a position to to be in the playoffs, and they shut him down right before the postseason or in the postseason. I forget what it actually was. It's a long time ago, but like these things happen, and it doesn't matter what the scenario is or what situation you find yourself in. You're going to try to take care of your guys no matter what. So, mm-hmm. um, at a certain point, the Mariners are gonna going to have to add someone to this rotation. So first, again, let, let's let's start with the uh, the the first point here why do you think snell would give the mariners more upside than someone like chris flexen or marco gonzalez because it's obvious um blake snell has been a cy young award winner he is missing bats still at a very impressive rate he's actually he would actually be your new strikeout leader uh, if you acquired him in case for nine at least um and yeah there are issues he you know he is a guy who typically only goes five maybe six innings at most uh, he's not a guy who gets deep into games and right now he's really struggling with walks and Somewhat oddly, it's been only in his time in San Diego. He didn't really struggle to this degree with his controller command in Tampa Bay at all. So I don't know what that's about, but I I think you look at even just, I think a lot of people get hung up on ERA and they say, well, that's that's the one stat I'm going to use. And Snell's ERA, for example, is at, uh, it is at five, it's over five. It's 5.12. Whereas Chris Flexen's, I believe after yesterday's really good start is, is at four flat so people look at that and they say well flexing's better um but you look you start looking at the other numbers you know snell has a 372 xera a 371 fip and a 404 xfip uh meanwhile you look at chris flexing chris flexing's xera is 539 his fip is 433 his xfip is 490 uh not as good like i mean objectively not as good uh you also you also look at this and you say well you know, why does that matter? Well, you look, let's look at war for a second. Chris Flexen has been worth 0.8 F war. And that includes yesterday's really, let's, let's call it what it was dominant start. Snell has pitched uh, half the innings that uh, Flexen has. He has a 0.7 F war. So Snell's objectively better. He's got better stuff and he's more likely to go toe to toe with a legitimate ace than somebody like, Chris Flexen. It doesn't mean Flexen can't do it on occasion. It just means that it's not something that he's regularly going to do. Snell is better. He has better stuff. He also has a year of he also has a year of club control beyond this year. So it's not just a one year rental type of thing. Uh, you mentioned the Padres. They're up against the luxury tax. They show no willingness to go over it. 
and they do have other trades to make. You look at that lineup last last night. Did that lineup terrify you? Mm-mm. No. They got Nomar Mazzara playing like every day. Regularly, yes. <laughs> and I, I know it'll get better when Tatis gets there. I understand that. Let's if Tatis gets there. If, if yes. yeah, you know, we were talking to Javier Reyes yesterday of the Locked On Padres podcast, and he wasn't committed committed to to uh, Tatis coming back. So uh, that's you know certainly a possibility that he doesn't come back. But yeah, you know, the Padres are going to have to do something here to free up some payroll. Uh, whether that's Will Myers, whether that's uh, Eric Hosmer, whether that's Blake Snell, you Darvish, etc. They're going to have to move some money off of the books here. Uh, in order to make some other moves, because like you said, they haven't been willing thus far to go over that luxury tax threshold, and that's you know a big chunk of change that teams are going to have to pay if they they go over that. So, and and as we all know, MLB owners doesn't matter how much money they make, they're not going to be uh, willing to do that. So. Yeah, you know, I, I've always liked the the Snell idea, you know, plus it would be a homecoming for him and everything. That's cool. And I just I think that the Mariners could get more out of him than any other uh, organization, frankly, because the Mariners pitching development is uh, top notch. You know, uh, it's one of the best in the league. Um, right. But by the way, with Snell, right, it's it, you don't necessarily have to replace Flexen or Marco. Uh, you did mention right. Kirby is going to hit his innings cap. But maybe you go with a six-man rotation for a while to kind of try and stretch Kirby into sure. September and October. Um, and we also need to be aware that the Mariners have only used seven starters this year, uh, which is among the lowest in baseball. One of them was was you know an opener on a doubleheader day. So in reality, the Mariners have used six starters this year, and they only made a change. It wasn't due to injury. The Mariners' rotation has been remarkably healthy this year. Yeah, and that's kind that of scary. Like a, that sounds like a ticking time bomb to me. Yeah, that's scary because everyone goes through injuries in the rotation. Yes. It doesn't matter whatever the team mm-hmm. is. And now that you know Matt Brash has been converted to the bullpen, at least for this yep. year, that limits your starting pitching depth. You know, right now the first guy in line, if there's an injury, might be Tommy Malone. You know, oh, and then is. after that, Justice Sheffield, and then after that, we're talking guys that have never pitched to the major league level before, like Taylor Dollard, Levi Stout, etc. So the. the I think the Mariners, uh, you know, they're going to want to go in. They're going to go into the trade deadline wanting to get a number two or number three, and that's going to get even harder now that it looks like Frankie Montes is going to miss some time with shoulder injury. Uh, that limits the market even more now. That means that guys like Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo are going to be even more expensive and even more hard to get than than uh, ever before. So. You know, I, I know that they're going to want to get it. You know, one of those guys heading into the deadline that might not be realistic, though. And, and so it, it might behoove them to more so go after, you know, the the Tyler Andersons of the world, or you know, the uh, like how they did last year. Or at least one of those, get one guy that is kind of in that mold, and then maybe go after someone with a bit more upside, like a Blake Snell. Um, I think I think that's probably how they're going to have to uh, go after it because I mean, you know, like aside from the Reds guys, right? Like Zach Gallen gonna cost a ton, you know, to trade yeah. for Pablo Lopez gonna be a ridiculous. Yeah. Ask you know, like this is gonna this is like huge, huge returns that we're talking about for for these guys that are actually realistically available that significantly raise your ceiling in the rotation. So I don't know right. if the Mariners are gonna be comfortable doing that. Which means you you kind of have to go out and you have to go find, you know, a guy that nobody thinks is you know a number three or whatever. And turn right. him into that number three. And, JT and Snell, Brubaker. 
Right, right. Guys like that. But Snell is a guy who could do that because right now Snell yeah. is a number five and he's a pretty good one. Um, and I mean, you just want to see a disaster scenario, get past the trade deadline and watch, you know, George Kirby get shut down and then, uh, in the just need starting pitching. And by the way, there's nothing stopping the Mariners from going out to Blake Snell and, you know, Luis Castillo. I mean, they can right. go get more than two – they can go get more than one guy uh, and really protect themselves. And, and you say, well, how do you get the, all those guys' innings? I don't know. How do the Dodgers do it? You know, how do the Padres do it? The Padres have like seven starters that they get innings to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, injuries are going to happen. They're going to be a part of this. And if you're telling me right now I could have, you know, Frankie Mont- a healthy Frankie Montes replace Marco – and healthy Blake Snell replace Flexen, I'm all over that. Because then you have mm-hmm. a rotation that is not only, you know, one of the best this year, you go into next year with Blake Snell competing to be the number five starter. Mm-hmm. Like, there may not be a better rotation in baseball than one that has Blake Snell as the number five, like the true number five. So, yeah, I'm kind of all in. And Seattle is in a unique position right now where they can take on salary. They mm-hmm. have the prospect capital. Um, they have the, the rotation spots to give. There aren't any, there aren't many teams that are going to be able to help San Diego the way Seattle can. And so maybe it's a three team deal. Maybe it's mm. San Diego acquires Luis Castillo, you know, and pays most of the prospect rate to, to Cincinnati, but C- Seattle pitches in like a Levi Stout or something and gets, I don't know, maybe Blake Snell and, and Brandon Drury or something like that. Right. Um, and, and they kind of do it that way. So I, I think Seattle and, and San Diego line up really well because basically I think if Seattle wanted to get Blake Snell for free, they could. I mm-hmm. think if they take Will Myers, they're giving up Brian Wu and Nathaniel Garabitos for Will Myers and, and, and Blake Snell. They can do that, and they can yeah. absorb that, that money. And both of those players probably help Seattle. So I think they can get creative with it. But, uh, yeah, if it's not Blake Snell, then it's fine. Uh, JG Brubaker is a great, you know, option there. Uh, but Seattle needs an upgrade uh, over Flexen, and if nothing else, even if you love Chris Flexen, they need depth, and they need legitimate major league depth because they do not have it right now. Yeah, they need to protect themselves from the event that Tommy Malone ends up, you know, starting games in, in August and September. Yeah. So, because uh, that that's a very real possibility here. You know, it's I don't want to like doom or curse the the Mariners here, but like right. starting starting rotation injuries happen. It just that's a part of the game. That's a part of every season. The the ebbs and flows of the season. It's just for every team, and uh, most teams, you know, that are actually you know uh, able to compete for for the postseason and beyond, they have the depth to to survive that. And right now, just the Mariners. Like they have some intriguing arms, like with guys like Dollard and and Stout, you know, kind of waiting in the wings. But I don't know if you really want to leave your season, you know, hanging in the balance of those guys right now. So, yeah. So, you know, even if it's just uh, another Tyler Anderson type or two, uh, you know, that that helps 
frankly. So I, I think the, the Mariners and Jerry DePoto need to be um, open to really anything here uh, when it comes to the starting rotation and not just solely focus in on those number two, number three types. Uh, so that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. With that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.